want to get uh, quickly into the word of the Lord and let me get this one here praise the name of the Lord uh, sir I imagine you know how to tie a tie don't tie a regular tie oh Lord have mercy who ties a regular tie you do okay I want you to tie I'll let you know um, no no not start now Wow, you could tie the complicated tie. <laughs> That's all right. This will work out anyways. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. I'm reading that in the New Living Translation. And then we're going to skip to verse 10 to 17. Wait, I think I saw my guy. Yeah, Ezra. Okay, I'm going to ask you to stand in a moment. Okay? Praise the Lord. Um. And then Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, I'm going to skip over verses 7 to 9, and we're going to go from verses 10 to 17 in the New King James Version. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. Sounds like now. They will be boastful, proud, and scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving, unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends. They will be reckless. They will be puffed up with pride. They will be more lovers of pleasure than lovers of God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Tell somebody, you better stay away from people like that. You think God is playing, you better stay away from people like that. I learned a term about 30 years ago. Association brings a simulation. You're going to act like who you hang out with. They are the kind of people who... They are the kind of people who work their way into people's home when the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Verse 10, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long suffering or patience, uh, my love my and my perseverance. You have uh, faithfully followed my persecutions and afflictions, which happened to me in Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra. What perfect what persecutions I endured, and out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Out of all of that stuff, the Lord delivered me. Any people who the Lord has delivered, amen. That's three of you. I said anybody that the Lord has delivered, praise the name of the Lord. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. I don't care what these new preachers say. 
Turn your name and say, you be all. All who desire, not even if you live godly, just desire to live godly, you will suffer persecution. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. That is, you've learned them from me, Timothy, and that from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures. That from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. That from childhood, that's why Sunday school is so important. That from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. All Scripture, all Scripture, the Bible, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable. You start, you're tired of losing? The Scriptures is profitable. You think you're going out of business, the scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I want to speak to you on a subject so-and-so said. So-and-so said. So-and-so said. You've heard that expression. Spelt a little differently. Well, so-and-so said. But S-O-W and S-O-W said. The book of Timothy is really a personal letter. There um, there was a little joke that somebody said, who are the, uh, who are the epistles? And someone said, they're baby apostles. No, that's not it. The... <laughs> The word epistle means letter, okay? <laughs> Crack myself up on that one. Uh, <laughs> the, oh, that went too well. Timothy is a personal letter from the apostle Paul uh, to a young leader who he had mentored. Earlier in his ministry, Paul had set, sent Timothy to the church located at the city of Corinth. In other words, we got our book in the Bible, First and Second Corinthians. Uh, he sent Timothy there because there was trouble. Okay? Uh, you can read that in First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, and First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 10. Sometimes you look at these letters, you know, and when you see, pop, usually like in movies, when the first movie is good, there's part two and there's part three. We were watching uh, the movie uh, video, the, uh, the Scorch Trials, was it? Yeah, the Scorch Trials about the maze. Yeah, and, and so at the end of, you, you, have you ever watched a video or a movie on your DVD and you see the time running out, it's like five minutes left and you say, you know what, there's a whole lot that they need to do to wrap this up. <laughs> Can I get a witness? And you're like, oh, man, I know, I know where this is going. Anybody remember the feeling you had 
when it came to like Star Wars and you knew that you're going to have to wait like eight years to see, can I get a witness? And so my point is, is that usually when they have a part two and a part three, that means part one was great. Part two made a whole lot of money. But in the Bible, in this case, part two means that part one was so bad. I need to write you again. <laughs> I mean, so Paul's like, this, this, this is just a, this church is just jacked up. Now, the beauty of it, it was probably his most gifted church, but it was his most problematic church. I mean, all sorts of stuff. You know, forget watching Days of Our Lives and Scandal and read Corinthians. <laughs> you can get a twofer. You can read the Bible and a soap opera at the same time. <laughs> so he sends Tiffin, t- uh, Tiffany. <laughs> That could be a prophetic slip. God just sending you into problems. He sends Timothy. Oh, that was the Holy Ghost. <laughs> sends Timothy into a problem uh, to resolve some issues in the Corinthians church. But this letter that's going to, Tim- to Timothy is, is Paul writing to Timothy while he's at the church of Ephesus, from which we get the letter, the Ephesians. And he sends Timothy there for the purpose of combating heresy. And what heresy is is simply spiritual error. Spiritual error. The word error, E-R-E-E-R. E-R-R means to wander, spiritual wandering, uh, spiritual error. They're not, they're, they're believing the wrong things. So Paul sends Timothy to bring some correction at the church of Ephesus, which is one of Paul's strongest church, if not the strongest church. And, and so Timothy's there to make sure that spiritual error, heresy, does not get into the church. So after describing in verses 1 to 6 the culture that Timothy must serve God in, Paul declares that the real solution, the only way to, to combat spiritual error to combat uh atheism lord have mercy you realize that there are churches now there are atheist churches they get pastors and they sing like 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 worship songs but they don't worship god it's amazing it's amazing secularism the only thing to combat these things is doctrine doctrine a man who I've grown, who I grew to admire when I was in college and really was a blessing to my life. And he's considered, he was considered the father of men's ministry. He was, uh, he was one of the first ones who dedicated his life specifically to men's ministry. And some of you may have heard of him. He was a great part of, uh, a promise keepers as well. Uh, Dr. Ed, Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole. Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole, he said these words years ago. I'll never forget it. He said that you as a person are the total summation. Are you with me? You are the total summation of the words you spoke and the words spoken to you. You are the total summation of the words you spoke and the words spoken to you. If you don't believe that, how many of you have ever heard an accent come out of somebody who you said that was weird? In other words, for example, uh, I remember, uh, those of you who are familiar with Bob, Barbados, 
Bajans, you know, hey, good morning, Ma, how you doing? You know, I'm that, you know, Bajans, I'm expecting that kind of accent to come out of people who have a pigmentation like me. So when I was in Barbados one time and a white gentleman came up and he said, oh, how you doing, boy? How you? And, I, and I'm looking at him like, how is this accent coming out of you? Come on, folks. You hear a black person with a British accent. You're like, wait a minute. No, no, no. This, and I'm not being, we just don't, I remember what, I was remember being in, in Tennessee and I, I heard a southern accent come out of an Asian person. I wasn't expecting that. Come on, don't act like, you know, I can't believe you said that. Come on, folks, there's certain things we expect. Can I get a witness out there? And let, our logic says, well, of course, if you were born in that culture, you're going to have that accent. My point is, is that the words that you have spoken define who you are. Mm-hmm. Are you with me? And, and so you, we, we, so you're the summation of the words you have spoken and the words spoken to you. That's right. You are the summation of the words spoken to you. How can I prove that? The, the, the school you went to. The reason why you are doctor such and such or professor such and such or MBA or BA or BS. The reason why you're that is because words were spoken to you. <laughs> Folks, this is logical. You are the some nation. So that if no one, if your parents didn't put you in school, guess what? You would be the summation of that. Come on, folks. How many of you all know people who went to school with you but quit school? And I don't even have to ask you, where are they now? And where are you now? Because you decided to stay in school because you wanted to live. Because your parents would have killed you. Come on, folks. How many of you all have West Indian parents like me? Praise the Lord. Amen. So God himself has stated that his doctrine, his words, this is God says that, that uh, his words are compared to rain that comes down from the sky. And the rain, his doctrine, his words come down from the sky. It is sown in the earth. And it makes the earth produce. This is uh, uh, the first. In fact, it's one wonderful thing about it is that when he talks about doctrine, the first mention that he makes of doctrine is that it just comes down from heaven like rain. This is Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 2. And then he says in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10 and 11, he says, so shall my word be. It shall not return unto me void, but accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing whereto I send it. But he says in the previous verse, verse 10, that my word is like the snow and the rain that comes down and makes the earth produce. God is always releasing doctrine. Are you following me so far? What's the point I'm making? The point I'm making is that doctrine matters. Doctrine matters. Doctrine matters. I'm here to make a case that doctrine matters. What you are taught matters. The reason why I am always lifting up this woman no, Mother Watson, is that she was not only my youth pastor 
when I was growing up in this church, but she was also my Sunday school teacher. And, and so I am the fruit of the doctrine that she poured in me. So if you're talking about an advocate for Sunday school, here I am. As a matter of fact, Mother Watson, I don't think you know this, but I was talking to, uh, I remember talking to, uh, uh, well, Colonel Keith Dallington. He's a chaplain in the, um, well, he was a retired chaplain in the Air Force, but we grew up in Sunday school together. We grew up in Sunday school together. And when he went to seminary, when he went to seminary, when he went to seminary, they allowed him to skip Old Testament survey because of what he learned in Sunday school. And he went to Garden Theological Seminary. I was like, what? He said, yep. They said, I could skip seminary because of what I learned in Sunday school. Doctrine matters. So turn to your child and say, hey, kid, if you do well in Sunday school, you can skip some classes. <laughs> okay, so now, uh, uh, TJ, I need you to tie that tie. I need you to tie that tie. And... Uh, I get you're going to put it on somebody else, okay? And um, so, in the meantime, doctrine, and let me go quickly because I know the Sunday school kids have to go, but give me 10 minutes. Uh, doctrine, uh, when, when you look at a tie, a tie is used for two things, okay? Uh, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be fancy. You know, it's, it's not for you. You're getting all, <laughs> you're not making it for GQ, just for us. Okay, very good. <laughs> Thank you. That's good. That's good. So when you look at we look at a tie, a tie can be used for two things. OK, and a tie. And I, I'm going to need uh, I'm going to need you, Ezra. And I'm going to need you, Kennedy. And why don't you come up here? OK. And you know me. I'm going to pay you for all this. Yeah. <laughs> now, now. Now, if I'm going to pay, you got to at least smile. OK, there you go. So we have. We have a tie here. I mean, he looked like a pastor. I'll call you Pastor Bonison. <laughs> but anyways, a tie can be used. I'm going to put this on. You can put this on. I want you to put this on. You know, you have to put it over your head. And you put it around your collar very good. Okay. And we're going to. You all right? Feels like. <laughs> all right. So we have two ties. We have a tie that is used for decoration. It, it, it enhances. I mean, he looks like a businessman. He looks like money. Okay. <laughs> He's like, after this, I'm going to have some money. Okay. So a tie can be used for decoration. But a tie can also use, be used for discipline. What do you mean? I mean, for example, I can say, right? I can also just simply, okay, you can leave. You can leave. 
Oh, you, you're doing real good. I like you. So what, what's the point? My point is, is that the tie is restricting him from going wherever he wants to go. Are you following me? Are you following me? Thank you, gentlemen. No, no, I want the tie. <laughs> Give me a hand. Now, why did I do all that? Because I want you to keep in mind that my definition for doctrine is the acronym TIE. My definition for doctrine is the acronym TIE. And let's see, we'll, we'll have you guess here. The word doctrine comes from a Latin, our English word doctrine comes from a Latin word doctrina. And it has three definitions, and I need to move very quickly here. It means, anybody know what the T means? Teaching. It means teaching. I is for what? Instruction. Very good. And this, it, the next one should be easy. E is for what? Education. That's what doctrine is. Teaching, instruction, and education. Teaching instruction and education and I want this to constantly be in your mind in your spirit for the rest of the year teaching instruction and education teaching the word synonyms for teaching is concept implantation tradition unwritten rules the the uh the etymology of the word instruction in stro in meaning inside and struo means to build inside, to erect inside, to regulate inside, to design inside, to aim inside, to compose inside. So there's instruction means to build inside, and then there's construction means to build with. Everybody follow? I'll build together. And then we have educate education. The word educate comes from two Latin words, ex, which means out of, and ducio, or duso, duceri, which means to lead. So education is to lead you out. It is to guide you out. It is to direct you out. It is to conduct you out. It is to draw you out. It is to, education pulls something out of you. Are you following me so far? So, it is important that when we get teaching, when we get instruction, when we get education, it will, it will, uh, as I said, it will discipline us and it will decorate us. Doctrine will decorate you. Your child is so well-mannered. That's a decoration. Your child knows how to conduct themselves. That's a decoration. You act like a gentleman. That's a decoration. And that comes from doctrine. I was taught in my home, I was taught that I was to let ladies go first. That's a doctrine. In Catholic school, we were taught that after you eat, you get up and you put your chair in. 
So even right now, I mean, I could be at McDonald's and <laughs> the doctrine, but that's a decoration. But it's also a discipline. It's also a discipline. Like it, it's such a discipline now that that even when I want to go first, there's something in me that says I got to open the door for this woman. Even if she's walking as slow as slow can be. You ever hold a door for somebody and you're like, hey, hurry up, hurry up. And I want to let it go, but my discipline's like, I can't let it go. So I just. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let me close with this thought because I need to let the kids go. Ralph Waldo Emerson. This famous poet and philosopher born in Boston in 1802. And died in Concord, Massachusetts around 1883 or so. He said these words that I'll never forget. So a thought, that is a concept, teaching, so a thought, reap an action. If you sow an action long enough, you're going to reap a habit. If you sow a habit long enough, that is if you conduct yourself in a certain manner, if you behave in a certain manner long enough, you'll reap a character. In other words, if you have a habit of lying, you're going to be known as a liar. If you have a habit of stealing, you're going to be known as a stealer. You sow a habit long enough. That word sow for used in Sunday school, the word sow means to plant. To plant. And that's what I said. So and so said. You keep planting and planting through your words, a harvest is going to come. You keep telling your child you're stupid. You're an idiot. You'll never amount to anything. That so and so said and the result will be a harvest the question is what are you saying we'll never get out of this we're always broke you always do this so and so said So a habit long enough. You keep doing something long enough, it's going to become a part of your character. And if you keep allowing something to be part of your character, you're going to reap your destiny. Yep, you keep, you keep stealing, you're going to be known as a thief, and a thief's destiny is jail. You keep sowing lies, and pretty soon you're going to be known as a liar, and the, a liar's destiny is no one will trust you. No one will believe you. And this is why doctrine matters, and this is why we're going to be going back into this book. I know some of you are like, what happened? We're going back into this book, the second half. We're really going to be talking about doctrine. We have to have biblical doctrine in our lives because it matters. Let's all stand and we'll let the Sunday school students go. Thank you for your patience, Sunday school students and teachers. Next week is going to be interesting because I'm going to be teaching a crazy message on how doctrine affects Valentine's Day. If you are not married, 
you need to bring your friends next Sunday. Because we're going to talk about how doctrine affects Valentine's Day. Mm. Whew. It's going to be, this may be my second top message. The first one, I think, on Valentine's Day was bad romance. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I believe you met your husband on that day. Yes, she did. <laughs> I remember what you were wearing. You're looking all fly first time she came in PT. <laughs> uh. <laughs> People are like, tell us that story, Sister Tiffany. She'll tell you the story. We had a, we had a, it was, it was funny. It was funny. She got to let her tell it. But doctrine matters. Teaching matters. In structure matters. Education, what are you being lead, led into? It matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. I want us to pray right now for each other. Because this is what really struck me about sowing and sowing and sowing is this. The word teaching, as I said, it means concept. Are you following me so far? Concept. And in the word concept is the word conceive. What is interesting is that when you, unfortunately, the English language is not really a, what I would call a romantic meaning, no, Latin, and a, for want of a better word, Greek language, in the sense that most languages have, and then this is getting deep, but to help you understand, most languages have what they call uh, uh, declensions, where that is that they, they're, they're, most words are assigned uh, genders. Okay, so there is the masculine gender, there is the feminine gender, and then there's neuter gender, meaning a thing. So, for example, and you know, this is pretty easy, uh, Elder Roy would be my amigo because that means he's my friend, but I use amigo because it's male. Elder Anita is my amiga, okay, because it's feminine. So I will change the word based on the gender. Are you following me so far? And so my point is, is that when you look at the word, word, the word, the word, it is, it has a gender of being masculine. Are you following me? And the word faith has been given a gender of feminine. Okay? And so the word, the word in in the Bible, it says in Luke chapter 8 that the word is a seed. Are you following me? The word is a seed. And if you look up the word, look up the word, it's not a dirty phrase, look up the word semen in your dictionary, and it comes from the Latin word seed. That's why when people plant words into your spirit, 
believe in your heart, that's where your faith is. When they plant words in your heart, something's going to conceive. As a man thinks, that's who he is. And isn't it interesting that Paul says that you are transformed by the renewing of your conceptions. So what I need you to do is just take the hand of the shoulder person next to you. And I want you to pray for their thinking. Let me just say one more thing to help you understand why conception is so important. The first words out of Jesus and John the Baptist's lips before they could get the word of God into people's hearts is the word repent. And repent simply means you got to change the way you think if you're going to grab this concept. And that's what we need to pray right now. God, I pray for my brother and sister's mind. I pray for the way they think. I want you to pray right now for the individual Lord. Help them to be open to new concepts, new thinking. I know they have the meetup group with regards to the women and finances. You got to change the way you think of finances if you're going to change your behavior. In this church, we, we think differently about who God is through the word that comes. Oh, Spirit of God, it is so interesting that when you decided, <laughs> when you decided to answer man's problem, you sent a person called the word. Oh, yes, Lord. Doctrine is always the solution to where we are. Oh, yes, Lord, we need you to change our concept so that when our belief system becomes impregnated, it's going to be pregnant from the word of God, which, which will always produce a good harvest. Oh, yes. Your word is correct. We will reap, we will harvest what is sown in our spirit. That's why it's so important to be in a church that preaches true doctrine, the Bible, because we're going to reap what is sown. Help us to be careful. There are some people who have planted concepts in our hearts about who we are, and we have believed lies. We have reaped the harvest of lies. You're nothing. You're stupid. You're idiotic. Uh, you can't do this because you're black. You can't do this because you're white. You can't be, do this because English is not your first language. You cannot do this because you're female. You cannot do this because you're male. Oh, God, there are concepts. There are words sown into us. But, Lord, let this be a good season where so-and-so said, and that's why my life has changed. Help us to walk around decorated by doctrine and disciplined by doctrine. So when we get out of the way, 
when we get out of the way, doctor will pull us back into the proper way. Your word is clear. When you said, Chain up a ch- train up a child in the way that they should go, that's doctrine. And when they get old, they'll start saying, this don't feel right being out here. I need to get back. Uh, thank you for the discipline of doctrine. Thank you for the discipline of Sunday school. Thank you for the discipline of Bible study. Oh, Spirit of God. 